you tune in to watch who gets voted out of the Big Brother house, whose baking is soggy or who's coupling up in the villa. Reality TV is thriving. We'll look at what's behind its success. Let me explain with Sean Defoe, a News Talk original. Hello and welcome to Let Me Explain. It's Laura Donnelly filling in for Sean Defoe. Don't forget to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. It seems we can't turn on the TV these days without seeing some form of reality show. Love Island, Big Brother, I'm a Celeb and the Real Housewives of almost every state in the US at this stage. What's the secret? How's this TV genre still going strong? In fact, so strong there's spin-offs. Not only do we see Love Islanders in the villa in Mallorca every summer, but in the last year alone there's been an additional winter season, the Love Island Games, and this week previous well-known contestants return for the Love Island All-Stars. One of the earliest reality TV shows of our time is The Real World, which began on MTV in the 90s, with a group of strangers moving in together to an apartment in the US with cameras following their every move. Hmm, that format sounds familiar. Then came Survivor, Big Brother, American Idol, X Factor, Strictly Come Dancing, America's Next Top Model, The Bachelor, My Super Sweet 16, Teen Mom, Keeping Up with the Kardashians, The Only Way is Essex, Made in Chelsea, Jersey Shore, Geordie Shore, X on the Beach. That's just a tiny portion of a very long list I'd run into next week's podcast if I named them all. But I asked the encyclopedia of reality TV, the voice of many a podcast on the matter, mainly her own one, Flop Culture, Fanula Jones, how are these shows still going? I think it's still escapism predominantly. I think it's an opportunity to kind of get lost in a world that is still real, obviously, the clues in the name. But with a lot of these reality shows, they're usually real, but it's outlandish situations. So you have the likes of Love Island All-Stars as the prime example. These are past reality show contestants coming back for another shot of love at love. That's something we can all relate to in our everyday lives with ourselves, you know, seeking out relationships and stuff like that but it just adds that extra kind of mad factor I think so it's definitely I think it's escapism even if you look at reality TV has gone so broad now to include you know reality TV competition shows I mean there's a reality show for everyone now whether it is you're watching people bake different kind of cakes every week or people literally shoving other people out of the way to fall in love you know there's something for everyone and it is just that kind of opportunity to escape to a world or a situation generally that they would never find themselves in. Viewership figures are one thing that has seen a change. Series 1 of Big Brother, for example, brought in 4.5 million viewers on average. The most recent series late last year saw 2.7. That was described as the highest ratings in over 10 years after a period which saw the average drop as low as 1.9 million. Which is crazy when you consider the early viewing figures of Love Island and even this Love Island All-Star series now they're kind of touting it as a huge success because it was supposed to replace Winter Love Island which was a second iteration of the franchise second season of the year but viewership was like consistently flagging with that because I think people were just fatigued but even this Love Island All-Star series they're kind of saying you know uh, it beat the viewership or best viewership since Love Island 2022 but that's again still not to compare it to the glory days of it I think that has to do with kind of the death of monoculture and and again, like, and also the death of kind of event television. It's not really the same anymore, even with the likes of 
a love island I mean it's so easy to just if you miss a week you can kind of jump back in at any point or binge it I think the binge model has a lot to do with that as well if you think back to the live evictions of Big Brother I'm, I'm sorry to keep using that as an example but it's probably just the best one like I remember if you didn't see that eviction live or you didn't see a final live that was it there wasn't a chance for catch up it wasn't that it was on streaming I think those factors are kind of playing into the dwindling viewership as well but and it, but again it also comes back to there's so much choice now there's so much more choice so maybe you're not into a love island all stars you might be watching creators or you might be watching a real housewife like it's just the kind of the world's your oyster if you're a reality tv viewer Last year, Big Brother returned to our screens after a break. I spoke to one of the OG winners, Brian Dowling, who came out of the Big Brother house victorious in 2001, the second ever series of the show. It still remains, but I don't think the opportunities are there as much. Like, I think when... I was on reality TV show back in the day. There really was water cooler moments where people were so invested in the show and people had big brother parties and t-shirts with our faces on and our names. Whereas I feel now the the market is slightly oversaturated. There's so much choice out there. But when I was on Big Brother, there was only Big Brother. But also there was no, you couldn't watch stuff online. There was no social media. I think now it's, it's very, very different. I'm glad I did it when I did and not so much now. Craig was the first winner of Big Brother back in 2000, Brian the next year, followed by Kate Lawler. But aside from that, I couldn't name one other winner. Does winning a show have much of an impact now? It's totally different now. If you think back to Brian Dowling's day or anyone in those early days, like there was essentially no social media. Social media has changed the game massively for better and for worse. You have for the viewers, you've kind of more active participation, like feeling more a part of the community from the uh, contestants perspective. There's an opportunity to, you know, make more money and have kind of a longer career. But as the years have gone on and social media has gotten bigger and these shows are kind of becoming a dime a dozen. We're finding it's harder for these contestants to kind of make careers, even as, you know, online content creators or influencers or just having generally careers on social media. And then also the elephant in the room is social media has brought a lot of um, trolling to people who are choosing to take part in these shows like it was and listen don't get me wrong back in the day you were still having people probably say horrible things and maybe it was just playing out kind of more so in tabloid media but that's the difficult thing now for anyone participating in again it doesn't matter if you're on the likes of Bake Off or Love Island or Big Brother there will always be a minority who are kind of hate watching and who are ready to kind of criticise every move you make on a show because that barrier has come down like they believe that they know everything about you because they're seeing you on TV maybe they're seeing your social media presence play out because a family is acting on your behalf or something so that's kind of something that causes me concern as a reality TV fan but I know it causes a lot of other people concern as well it's made it very very difficult for anyone wanting to participate in any reality TV show Brian says life is definitely much different for winners now. Absolutely. I wouldn't be living where I'm living. I wouldn't have all the friends that I have. I met a lot of them through work and through living in London. I wouldn't be hosting Six O'Clock Show. I wouldn't have a mid-morning show with Suzanne Kane on 98 FM without that opportunity. Big Brother, I suppose, in a way, was like a, a showreel. You know, when people give it, it was like it was like my showreel, I suppose, to the industry. And thankfully, all these years later, I, I'm still working. That was never the plan. I thought I'd do it for six months or so and then go back to Ryanair. And then I landed SMTV Live. But I think now it is different for people that 
that leave reality TV shows, I think sometimes people kind of expect their lives to change. But also with that comes a lot of pressure, a lot of eyes on you. Everyone has an opinion. You're constantly criticised, critiqued. So it really is a, a, a mixed bag. And what next for reality TV? Oh my God, brilliant question. Um, I like. I mean, I still think we're going to be getting Love Island till, uh, till Kingdom Come. I do think there is going to come a time where, and I know there have been different iterations of it. We've seen uh, My Mum, Your Dad, which was kind of pairing older people and it was being touted as like an older Love Island. And I do think it's a good show, but it's fundamentally not the same as Love Island. So I'm wondering if the casting process will change a little bit more for these shows I would like to see that obviously more representation the better and it works you see a show like The Traders you're seeing people from all walks of life doing all different kinds of things it's brilliant from a real like technical nerdy perspective I'm wondering about like VR and virtual reality and if there'll be a way that you know viewers can be brought more into the experience in that way but otherwise I don't know I just for anyone who's like reality TV is dead blah blah whatever it's not it's just there's way more of it and you're potentially able to avoid it more because there is so much more of it and there's just so much more TV and content in general to consume. But yeah, there's no end in sight for us. That's all I'll say. Brian thinks it will survive mainly because we're nosy. We always have an interest in other people, especially if we don't like someone. If I don't particularly say like someone, for example, I'm not really obsessed with the Kardashians. But if it's on telly, I'll watch it because I'm really nosy and I want to know what's going on. I don't I don't watch Love Island. I think I'm too old to watch Love Island. And those shows make me feel like I need to lose 10 pounds, <laughs> hit a gym and get my face done. I do love the Real Housewives franchise. I'm obsessed with that. I just love those women that just own all of that. There's, I think there'll always be an interest in reality TV. But I do think, though, reality TV has gotten more extreme than when I was on it. Like if you said boo to someone back then, oh, he's so mean, it's front page news. And now I think the demand from the audience is we want more. There'll always be an interest in reality TV. The genre has given us so many iconic moments over the years. Who is she? Who is she? Where did you find her? You won, Jane. Oh my God. Enjoy the money. I hope it makes you very happy. Dear Lord, what a sad little life, Jane. Your sister's going to jail. Have a little compassion. And would you stop taking pictures of yourself? Your sister's going to jail. I'm out of here. Get that fire exit door. I'm off. It's only five eggs per bloke per day. In the morning, if someone likes you, they want to have a cuddle in bed with you in the morning. I know, and I also want to be the person that gets up and makes everyone a coffee so everyone's ready for the morning. I'm Dean Coyle. I'm from Lark, Allendary. Um... Did a birth 15th of the 6th, 85, making me a Gemini. And um, I did a birthday soon, I 15th of the 6th. David's dead. No, it's not. You can't, you can't, you can't do that. What? What? You told me that David is dead. What did I do? You told her that David was dead with cancer. Yes, he is. He's in there asleep. David, my ex-husband. Those very moments are something Fanula says you don't find elsewhere on TV and they're what keep people coming back for more. <laughs> I mean, it has to be David's dead from Celebrity Big Brother. Like that's, it's a moment that 
transcends culture, transcends time every year. It's like noted as an anniversary. You know what I mean? And the sports people will argue about goals and I'm sure they're all brilliant. Well done to the goals. Well done to the sports people. Well, absolutely. And yeah, you do get it in, you know, iconic TV, like fiction finales or whatever, but it's just nothing sparks a conversation like that. And it's only in reality TV that you get that, that complete misunderstanding between Tiffany Pollard and uh, Angela thinking, the announcing the death of David Bowie, Tiffany Pollard thinking they meant the late David Guest, who was in the Big Brother house at the time. That doesn't happen. You couldn't write, you literally could not write that. You could not write that. Better than fiction. You couldn't write it. Thank you for listening. Laura Donnelly presenting and producing this week's edition, filling in for Sean Defoe with John Kyo as series producer and Lachlan Hart on sound. Chat to you soon.